0: I'm Adam Blottenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast.
1: What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. It's been really cool seeing a lot of you jump on at our onto our Discord server and there's you're gonna find a link down below So if you want to join be able to network with other diesel podcast fans myself suggest shows or just share your bill to get opinions on it we've got discount codes on there a lot of our sponsors are on there so it's a really cool place where we can all hang out chat about trucks builds, even off topic stuff and just, you know, chat about you know, different things that are that are going on. And, and it's uh, really cool to be able to connect with you guys that way, basically in one place. There's not all these different apps that you gotta bounce around to, there's just one spot. So make sure you join, it's completely free. We got a lot of information on there for you guys. And if you're looking to get episodes first or exclusive episodes that we don't release on any of the podcast apps or YouTube, We've got a link down below for our Patreon. There's a lot of cool perks that you get. You can have your truck be our podcast cover. You can be an executive producer. There's a lot of really cool things, so make sure that you check it out down there. On today's episode, I'm gonna have Turbotom, which he, if you're a 6'7 Cummins fan, you've definitely either seen his Instagram page or seen him on YouTube. And he was out at UCC recently competing with this truck. And I wanted to chat with him about his passion for Ram trucks and specifically his fortune. It's, it's a truck that's making a ton of power. It's going really fast. And he, he's basically, you know, working on it at home himself. And he, he does get help from companies and advice and things like that. But it's really cool to see somebody out there that built their own truck and they're competing with companies on the highest stage at something like UCC. So he's going to chat with us today, tell us more about his truck, his uh, his build, his passion for diesel performance, and then also some companies and people who have really helped him be able to get the truck where he wants. Before we get to it, though, I want to give a shout out to Whirly Custom Fab, their sponsor of the podcast. We, we uh, are really proud to have them on you know the show those guys offer a ton of products for uh, really, I mean, any diesel truck. And then also, you know, even side-by-sides Their their parts are built in the United States. They're, they're, tons and tons and tons of choices for colors which is really cool you know depending on the build that you have that you can completely customize you know your intercooler piping your air intake whatever it might be make sure and check them out go to wcfab.com you can check out what they have for your truck if you have any questions just reach out to them they're more than happy to chat with you we've had a guest on the podcast that love their product talk about how easy it is to install and they were you know they were definitely set on wc fab parts so they're 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 a great brand they do a lot for diesel performance we're excited to have them be a part of the show also if you're a shop owner looking to sell their products check out turn 14. turn 14 if you're not set up with them they they make the whole ordering process super simple you can order online you can see what's in stock what warehouse it's at how quickly you can get it the tracking sent to you right away they take all the guesswork out of ordering parts and and getting things into your shop and we know with the supply chain issues that are out there and and just the amount of people who are wanting to either maintain or upgrade their truck it can be tough to be able to get parts and things like that but they're doing a great job to be able to keep you guys supplied so make sure and jump on to turn14.com give them a call if you have any questions get set up and get some wc fab parts into your shop all right let's get to the podcast with turbo tom and chatting about his 6.7 liter fortune race truck tom welcome to the diesel podcast this is really cool to be able to chat with you i've been following your truck for quite a while and uh i'm glad we could uh, get our schedules to align to be able to chat with you and um these episodes are always really tough for me when guys have their trucks behind them because I don't know where to look on the screen. Like <laughs> they look at the camera, I look at the truck. So, but anyway, I'm glad look to at have the you truck. on
0: truck Look at the truck.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Tell us, uh, for any of our you know listeners out there that, you know, maybe they haven't, um, followed you or your YouTube channel for a while may not know a whole lot about you. Tell us a bit about yourself, your truck, your passion for diesel.
0: Um, so really the, uh, YouTube channel Turbo Tom is, Kind of the start of the build, uh, followed the build of the truck since I got it. I mean, uh, flew down to Florida and picked it up at the time. It was the cheapest four-wheel drive, fourth-gen Cummins I could find in the country. Uh, flew down to Florida, drove it back the next day and uh, started putting it together. Um, how I kind of got to this point to build it was I had a 2012 Laramie truck, four-door truck that I kept modifying you know little by little and 68 rfe broke it knew i was going to break it at the track fully intended to build it as much as you could back in like 14 and i did next trip to the track broke like instantly i think i made three or four passes broke the trans so i 48 swapped it back in like 14 um Kept breaking input shafts and having transmission issues with the 48. And finally, I just got sick and tired of having this nice Laramie truck that I bought brand new and I couldn't use. So then I bought this thing down in Florida and that's kind of where everything snowballed. Uh, to go to this level is not the original intent. And it's just kind of where it got to. Um, how I got into the whole diesel thing is kind of a mystery even to myself. Um <laughs> I just find them interesting. Um, Dad always had like a 7.3 with a chip. I mean, that's all the performance it ever had was just, you know, a a super chips chip that actually plugged into the ECM. Um, Nothing more than that. But we'd go to truck pools and stuff like that locally just to watch. And I don't know. There was something about the diesels that really intrigued me. and, And I'm a Dodge guy at heart. I'm not one of these guys that, oh, I bought the Dodge and the Cummins came with it. The reason I'm a Cummins guy is because it came in a Dodge, so I'm a little different than a lot of people in that aspect. I like the uh, the bad steering and all that kind of stuff that a Ram offers.
1: So. <laughs> I, I'm a lot, uh, I'm a lot like that as well. I always have been. I think I liked Dodge just because it was different. Most of my friends were Ford or GM guys, and I just wanted to be different. So it was like the the next thing to, you know, to kind of pick up on, and it, it started that way for me. And when you were describing that right there, there's a lot of questions you know, that came to mind is, and with the 6.7, was that your first diesel? And if so, why'd you gravitate towards the the 4th Gen 6.7 platform originally?
0: So it's my first diesel pickup. Um, I had two TDI Jettas uh, for commuting back and forth to work. I had about an hour, hour drive and uh, TDI Jetta, uh, you know, everybody counts these hybrids and all that stuff a TDI Jetta from 99 would get 40 miles a gallon without even trying yeah. and they were awesome and that was my first actual diesel vehicle and I loved them um but going to the Ram is you know I was into the Dodges and then uh the Cummins came with it which you know it just seems like such a simplistic platform at the time and compared to the V8s and all that Um, but really it was just kind of the Dodge thing that started me there. And now I'm kind of just there.
1: (laughs) What's really interesting about, uh, about your story is I've known a lot of guys over the years that they, they had kind of a a similar setup. They got a, you know, crew cab or mega cab Laramie, um, whatever trim level it might've been. And then they got, you know, bitten by the, the power bug and you start doing turbos, injectors, injection pumps, tuning, you get to the transmission, you know, at, at one time, you know, like the 48 swaps were huge. And then you come to that point where you got to make a decision is, am I going to continue to build this truck or am I going to get a separate one? And I really like what you did with getting a regular cab, um, you know, truck to be able to pour, you know, that effort into to make that a dedicated race vehicle. So you could have, you know, that, that crew cab Laramie is uh, you know, that nice daily driver or something you could tow with. And I think that's a really crucial point that a lot of us get to when we're really into performances, when do we make that transition from, you know, this nice daily driver that we're making good power with to a separate vehicle? Now for you, was it just, Hey, I I don't want to keep breaking this truck. I want to, you know, I, I want to basically have two different setups, one to drive every day, one to take to the track, or was it, Hey, I want to go faster and I can't do it in this crew cab, four wheel drive, Laramie truck with leather seats and, and everything. Uh, yes. (laughs) Um,
0: so, uh, it was a little both. So I had the nice Laramie four-door truck. I wanted to keep trying to go faster, which, I mean, it wasn't even all that fast back then. I mean, maybe a 13 second pass or something out of it. You know, it never even, it never got into a like true real big build, uh, 400, you know, an S 400 swap and some bigger injectors and that's about it. Um, I think I might have had twin pumps on it as well, but it was a little of both. You know, I wanted to have the nice truck to drive back and forth, and then I wanted to have, at the time, a you know badass street truck that I could take to the track, knowing fully well that it could break itself, and I have the truck to tow it home. So that was kind of the thought there. You know, having to rely on other people or getting the truck towed home from the track was kind of annoying. Um, so that's kind of where that transition started. Um, this truck was never, the, the original intent of the truck was never to go to this level. That's just kind of where it developed. It was just, I wanted to make a king of the streets slash uh, diesel power challenge truck. And in that particular year range, when I was building it, they didn't have the king of the streets. It was like, they had it one year and then they didn't have it. And then it was like, you know, I'm building a truck for DPC at this point, a competition where you have to be voted in. Well, if I don't get voted in now, what do I do?
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, so I think it was the following year at UCC, uh, I got, I met Trevor Peterson and we were chit chatting. He follows what I do on the YouTube and all with building a truck. And he said, "Oh, you could build one of these things. And then that was kind of a spark of, all right, what, you know, how far can I go with this thing? Can I make this thing compete with shop level trucks? And I think I
1: have. Well, that's, what's really cool. And and why I've always enjoyed following you is that that's exactly what you're doing. And I want to talk a little bit more about the level that the truck is at. There's some, I mean, I know you did UCC. I saw some uh, track videos you did with some incredible times. And I wanted to ask you about this, you know, the build itself with, um, you know, the engine, what kind of engine you're running, um, you know the, the the air and fuel setup not you don't have to give all your secrets away but just you know what what you've put into it to get it to this level
0: well there's no secrets here i'll tell anybody anything uh, that's what i think you know is different about my build um you know other trucks out there yeah you can go look at them at track and all that but this if you watch all the videos you could build this truck in your garage um the biggest thing is time uh there's a I don't even know how many hours into this thing. Uh, there's even nights you just go out and stare at it, trying to figure out what you're going to do next. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the truck ran the 1019 and a quarter mile, put down like a thousand horsepower, put the stock bottom end uh, engine that was in the truck, I think it was like 160,000 miles, um, 48 swapped, all that um, gutted bed and all that kind of stuff. So at that point, I knew the stock engine. You know, I'm pushing my limits here. So I always want more. I'm that kind of person. So I knew 2K is a number I want to see eventually. Uh, So at that point, I kind of called around to a bunch of different engine builders. uh, And I landed on Freedom Racing Engines. And part of that was Ryan Milliken. He has always done the tuning for me on my trucks. And I talked, you know, consulted with him because one thing when I was building a truck, I wanted to have the tuner, the fuel, the engine, everybody talking together to make sure that we're building the right recipe rather than putting something together and then going, here, make this work for me. So with talking with him and all that, Land on Freedom Racing, and uh, I told him what I wanted to do. I wanted originally to have a wet block because I kind of wanted to street drive it a little. Uh, Why, you know, thinking back why I wanted to do that, I have no idea. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of foolish. But they said, we can build you that engine, but we don't want to. We think that with wanting a 2K number and what you want to do, you really need like a solid block setup that's track only. And that really resonated with me that they'd say, yeah, we could do that, but that's really not the right way to go. Uh, and having that guidance really helped with things. So so the engine's a Freedom Racing engine. Uh, it's a Hamilton solid block. Um, their bad, you know, baddest head they make, their big intake horn, all that kind of stuff, kind of all the, the Gucci parts you can get, they have in this engine. Um, the fuel system came through Hardway uh, Performance, but it's an SNS fuel system, two 12 millimeter pumps with uh, 500% ordnance injectors from SNS. Uh, basically, it is the exact same fuel system that Ryan had in his green car. Um, and it is a CM 2100 ECM, which is the ECM out of a
1: 2007
0: and a half to 2009, six, seven truck. And uh, air side, it's a 88
1: millimeter GT55. That's, uh, that's a lot of power you got there. A lot of really cool things. I really, I really enjoyed what you said about uh, you know, a company telling you, Hey, we can do that, but you need to go this this other direction. And I think that becomes incredibly crucial when we're talking about the power level, then what you're doing with this truck, what uh, what kind of times and power that it makes, and competitions that you're in. Is I, I really like to hear that, you know, about these builds because we, you know, I don't know if I was going to build a 2,000 horsepower truck. I mean, I kind of know where to start, but I don't have the expertise of where to do it. So I've got to rely on people who that's what they do day in and day out. You know, whether it's turbos or fueling or the engine or transmission whatever it might be
0: yeah and and that's exactly you know the the kind of thing i try and tell people when they ask me questions i get questions all the time through through instagram or uh facebook or whatever uh youtube comments like hey what do you think about this and i'll just tell them straight up like i don't know um hey what do you think about an s480 on this engine set i don't know i've never ran one i went from a s467 to a gt55 i missed that whole middle section you know a normal person builds a truck five six seven hundred horse eight hundred thousand then thirteen fifteen hundred you know i went from a deleted truck with a s400 to a thousand horsepower to two thousand i missed a lot of steps (laughs) in there so i'm still constantly learning you know every time i go to the track i'm picking people's brains, you know, I'm asking questions and I'm trying to learn as much as possible uh, because I'm still just pulling in information to make the truck faster, learn what I'm doing wrong, what I should be doing, and all that. And that's a big thing to tell people is like when you're building something, like have an open mind. Don't say this is this is what I need to do. Because that might not be right or that was right three years ago. That's what we thought was right three years ago. The diesel industry is changing so much and so rapidly that what everybody was doing three years ago might not correlate to what we're doing today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and with that, like UCC is a competition I think of when, um, you know, when it first came on the scene, it drastically changed everything. It seems like that fast-forwarded a lot of engine technology, transmissions, power times. What was it like this year to be able to go to it, compete, And like you said, have a a truck that you built going out there against some shop trucks.
0: Um, it was, it was interesting. Um, I have a little different take than any, anybody else, I think, because I went from being a spectator to being on the media side of things, you know, having a media pass and doing the YouTube, you know, just focusing on taking a video to being a competitor. So I've seen like all three sides of it. Um, And being a competitor, definitely, it could be overwhelming. Um, But I was lucky enough to have Derek Rose helping me out. Um, I had reached out to Derek about some nitrous questions, some dyno questions, just trying to pick his brain. And uh, yeah, he didn't know who I was. Um, He'd never seen any of the YouTube stuff. Um, And one of his customers, he had asked them, like, who's this guy? And I guess he showed him the YouTube videos. And then he saw that, Hey, this guy's doing this in his garage by himself. You know, he he's just doing it, uh, trying to build, you know, he's building something that can compete with a shop. And he reached out like, Hey, you want me to pit for you? And he brought his trailer down and, and he it. you know, we set up under his trailer and he kind of mentored me through the whole thing, which really took a lot of the stress off of things, um, going into it, like, First day is drag racing. Really, it's more like a test and tune. It's your fastest time. So I wasn't nervous about that at all. I've ran the truck down the track, not a problem. And we went out there, made our fastest pass ever. First, I think we were the first truck to actually make a full pass down the track. Um, made a second pass, and I kind of messed up at the line, but we kept that first one. Got it converted over for the diner the next day, and. Uh, The dyno, I wasn't nervous in the beginning, but we had some issues in the pits uh, right before we were going up. And, like, I was worried we were going to lose without even going up there. Uh, We had some nitrous – nitrous fitting was wrong, and it kept bleeding nitrous out. We couldn't figure it out right away. And uh, so we got that all figured out, got up on the dyno and uh, put down 2,097 horsepower, I think, at 2,789 foot pound of torque. My first ever rip on the dyno, me driving the truck. The truck was on the dyno before when it was still a street truck, but I wasn't driving it. Uh, So uh, there's not too many people I think can really claim that. First dyno pull was 2K.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) So that was interesting. Um, We flashed the truck. We wanted to try and get some more rail pressure out of it. And for whatever reason, it took like 13 minutes to flash the truck. Um, I've flashed the truck since, and it took six minutes. So I don't know what was, it was just a bad day to flash the truck on the dyno. So we only got the one rip, but two, two K, I can't complain. Didn't break anything. Um, so I was planning on running an ODSS race that day, but uh, really got into my own head with all the nitrous problems. And, you know, not thinking I was going to be able to make it up to the dyno. That it stressed me out enough I just said you know what we haven't broken anything yet Let's get ready for the sled pull And see if we can just drive this thing on the trailer into the weekend Went out and hooked the sled for the first time ever uh, Pulled 293 feet I think And then the truck just shut off Don't know why Didn't break anything Drained all the fluids Didn't find <laughs> any metal But it did an endo uh, with the sled attached But yeah uh, It was an interesting weekend for sure
1: Well, that's a, that's a testament to what you've built though. There's a lot of trucks that, you know, some of them haven't even made it to the first event or sometimes, you know, at the second or third one, it just something happens. So to be able to make it through that is an accomplishment in itself. And then I think, you know, with the power you're putting down and just what you're doing with that truck, I know a lot of people follow you. A lot of people are really interested in it and what's so cool is like you know, we posted up on instagram I you know, wish we asked tom on the podcast and there are a lot of people that wanted to know a lot of different things and and i wanted to kind of get into those now because i'm really curious um you know about your answers to them and there's a few that i have for you i didn't prep you for before the yeah podcast. no problem <laughs> but i think i'm going to start with mine is you know you have this truck you you've built it to compete at the highest level and you do a youtube um You know, channel as well, you're active on social media. How do you balance your time between building the truck, the media side, you know, personal time, work side? How do you handle all that?
0: Um, well, uh, work and stuff comes first. So like, I've been actually pretty lack, I I really haven't posted anything much lately, um, because work's been crazy. Uh, we had a failure at work and I've been working seven days a week, 12 hours a day on night shift for like three weeks, something like that. So now we're back, I'm back on day work. But for that time period, I would come home and maybe fiddle with the truck a little bit. But I just didn't, you know, being on night work kind of had me to where I just couldn't work on it the way I wanted to. So work comes first. So that's what, you know, that's what funds the bills, you know, for this thing is working the overtime and doing all that. So, you know, that comes first. Um, But working on the truck and the media side of it, um, as far as the YouTube stuff, you know, just it's first off getting in that habit of, all right, I'm going to do something, set up the camera you know, record it. And once you get in that habit, it's kind of like part of the process, you know, you're like, all right, you're getting your wrenches, you get your camera, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it, it becomes part of the bill. And then uh, as far as putting the videos together and all, I'll, I'll use my breaks at work or my lunch break and, you know, put some of it together and then some of it later. And then maybe when I get home, finish it up and then upload it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a juggling act and it just, kind of setting your priorities you know the, the youtube is an informational thing for people so they can they could build this truck if they wanted to but it's not what funds the truck necessarily or anything like that uh so it is secondary but i still try and i try to make a positive effort towards getting it done and getting you know uploads out there
1: that was a, a question one of our one of our uh, followers asked is how do you build a truck like this without sponsors and i think that's a really it, it's uh it's it's a question we get a lot you know a lot of the, the guys we're chatting with have you know really cool builds um you know there's a lot of work that goes into them and sometimes you know when somebody hasn't gotten into it yet they think "Well, how am i gonna how am i gonna afford this or how do i do it how do i sustain it so you know what um like how do you do it? Or what tips would you give somebody if they're, you know, they have the truck, but they, they haven't jumped into the power side of it yet. They just want to get to the level, you know, that you're at. How do you do it?
0: Well, first off, uh, it's, I, I, I mean, I don't have any big like paying me to go racing sponsors or anything, but I do have companies that have helped me out along the way. So, uh, the guys at Airdog, uh, they helped me out with my builds. Uh, they reached out. And when I was putting this truck together with the Waterman, uh, fuel pump, Hey, you don't need an air dog or a fast, but the guys at air dog have a fuel filter head. So they sent me one of those to run on the truck so I can filter my fuel. Um, the guys at fluid Amper have been great. They helped me out, um, with, with all the builds, uh, you know, they, you know, provide what I think is the best damper you can get for one of these trucks, um, that and their full power kit. But, you know, anytime I need a damper, I got questions about that kind of stuff. The guys at fluid Amper helped me out. Um, ryan and the guys down at hardway have been great for any questions i have and you know pretty much like performance parts that's where i go um i'll message ryan or craig down at hardway and you know like when i was getting ready for ucc i sent ryan a message like what do we need for air he says you need this okay you know he knows more than i do um let me look at the side of the truck quick uh the guys at police and freedom they've been great with the engine and all that and then I got a DNR custom sticker on the side there because Derek at UCC just that knowledge helped out so much. But uh, you know that's that's part of the thing that you know people think sponsors and all this. are thinking oh they're paying you to go race or you're, you're getting you know it's it's the help that you're receiving is is probably more valuable than anything monetary. You know the knowledge I've gotten from Derek at DNR or Ryan at Hardway that trumps any monetary thing they could have done to help me build the truck because, all right, now I've learned something that took them years of racing to learn. And now I have that knowledge. So, um, and uh, rest of it, it's, it's time more than money that the time really is the thing that, that really takes, it, it takes the most. It's just the time of like four linking the truck, cutting the suspension off, lining everything up, welding it on, all that. Um and then like as far as work goes, I'm I'm an overtime pig. If if there's overtime, I'm taking it because <laughs> the house and all that, that's done on a basic check. This is all, you know, the funds all on the work and the overtime. So if I gotta work sixteen hour days, twelve hour days, whatever it is, I'll do it.
1: That's really really about working hard and then networking, you know, as well. I think a lot of times you know, people can think, well, I have the truck, and then these companies just jump on board, hand me money, and I get to where I want to go. But everyone I've ever talked to about this, it's its not how it works. It's always, like you mentioned, the knowledge. And there's uh, a lot of people I've chatted with over the years where they've said, hey, I've, I'm 75% into this build. Um, you know, it didn't get completed for some reason. They've sunk tens of thousands of dollars into it and the truck won't even you know it won't start or you know it's not finished so just because there's a dollar amount attached to it doesn't mean you're going to be going to ucc doesn't mean you're going to be running these times that you want it's really that knowledge and expertise like you mentioned with like derek rose and and air dog and and freedom and hard way and lots of different places where you know that's it really is more valuable than you know a check or a dollar amount somebody handing you because there's lots of builds out there that aren't finished where they, they put a lot of money into them because they didn't have the knowledge. They didn't network. They didn't chat with people. They weren't, you know, receptive to, to learning from people that have done it before.
0: Yeah. And uh, uh, two people I thought of while you're talking there, uh, guys at Maldoons, they do my 48s, um, the, the transmission, you know, with running a truck at this level, transmission is a wear item. That's yeah. just the best way to put it. It's like changing an oil filter. It's kind of <laughs> what it comes down to. It's, it, it is what it is. Um, and that's what we have to do. Uh, but the guys at Muldoon's have been great. Um, you know, I'm, I'd am I probably annoy John at Muldoon's more than most of his customers because I'm always breaking mine. Um, <laughs> but when you're running something at this level, it's just this is all this platform can handle. And we're trying to stuff 2,000 horsepower through it. And it, it's not happy uh, builders like John and, and all that have found ways to keep them alive for longer, but they just, they don't hold up. Uh, also Matt at Sancher performance development helped me out with the input shaft. Uh, he came out with that badass solid input. So like when we were out in Indiana, I wasn't worried about breaking a shaft or any of that. Um, I even had a failure with an intermediate shaft last year and I was able to send the shaft off and Matt cleaned it up and, saved me from having to buy a whole new setup. So guys at Muldoon's and the guy at Chancer, they've been another two parties that have been very crucial in getting this
1: truck and what it's doing. I did an episode with Matt uh, a little while ago, and it was one of my favorite episodes because it solved this huge problem that Dodge Cummins guys have had since you know, probably the beginning or the mid-90s, which is you know breaking those input shafts and what he was able to do with that to be able to eliminate that just saved – it, it, it saves so much downtime. It just eliminates something that people have been fighting for years.
0: Yeah, it's been great. Uh, as soon as I saw that, I, I, you know, I watched, you know, you know, listened to the podcast and I watched any piece of information I could find on it. And I talked to Matt about it and he explained it all to me. And I'm like, all right, uh, let's do this. You know, <laughs> that, that, that sounds great. This is one less thing to worry about. It's like, but then again, it's what's the next week link. You know, uh, but it definitely saves from having to, you know, you you split a input shaft. Now you got to send the converter out. You got to get everything checked out. Uh, you know, other stuff. You know, it's going to send trash just completely through the, the trans. Uh, but yeah, having that shaft, it's just like putting a truck up on the dyno. I had no worries about, you know, is this shaft going to hold or anything like that. It's just like, all right, let's just send it and see what she makes.
1: We had another listener ask if you're going to be at Rudy's in the fall.
0: I plan to, I I'm trying my best to go to all of the ODSS races. Uh, I'm trying to do the whole, uh, the whole ODSS circuit, uh, out in Indiana had UCC going on. So that kind of messed with that a little bit, but yeah, I'm trying to run all the, uh, pro street races. The only way the truck's going to get faster is if we keep running it.
1: What's the fastest time you've run with it?
0: So, um, Fastest eighth mile was a 527, I believe it was. Um, but that pass was actually a quarter mile rip at Maryland International and it ran an 824 at 164 mile an hour.
1: Whoa, that's moving!
0: Yeah, and uh, 127.60 <laughs> foot with a foot brake and a 48.
1: <laughs> now, with the uh, the truck itself and any. Yeah. Are there any major changes that you have planned for it or, or for the remainder of this season, are you going to keep, you know, kind of stand on the path and the track that you're on and, and then maybe after the season, you know, mix it up a little bit or, or make some changes?
0: Uh, so the truck is currently uh, fit, when we were in Virginia uh, at the ODSS race with me in it, it was 56, uh, 5,630 pounds. Um, it can be uh, 54 or wait a minute. Am I screwing my numbers up? Now, uh, it's 46, 4630 uh, with me in it, it can be 4,400 pounds for ODSS pro street. So I've been staring at the truck a lot of nights trying to figure out where (laughs) I'm going to find a couple hundred pounds. Um, I'm currently in the process of cutting the front end off. Um, so I, with doing UCC, it presents its own set of challenges being, I want to hang a ton of weight off the front end. So what I've basically started to do is make a bolt on, make it so I can bolt my factory frame back on for UCC or for the sled pool, And then I can put a tube front end on it for going racing. I think I can cut out a good 30 pounds doing that. So that leaves another 200 pounds to find on the truck. Um, <laughs> if I can do that without changing the rear end or uh, something, you know, drastic like that or back half in it, I'd love to, but, I don't know if I could find the weight or not.
1: <laughs> and this, uh, this other question was, it's going to fit into the very beginning when you were talking about being a Dodge guy. If somebody said, what made you choose a power stroke for your tow rig? Uh,
0: the 68 problems I had in the past. Um, <laughs> now a big factor was the transmission. Um, the Dodges or or the Rams are stuck with those old six speeds, the ASIN and, and the 68 that have been in the trucks since, well, the 68 has been in it since 07 and a half. Um, and really from the factory, they've made some upgrades, but to me, it's still not a very stout transmission. Um, but then you have Ford, who has basically partnered with GM, how I, you know, the things I've heard, you know, listening to like, you know, podcasts with RevMax and all that. Basically, they teamed up and they're building this 10-speed together. It's like, all right, you got these two companies who had two Badass transmissions, the six R one hundred and forty, and and the Allison, and they're going in on this ten speed. It, it must be pretty good, um, but then also when I went out and test drove them, the, the the Ford was roomier inside and all that. So overall, I think that Ford just has a better truck right now. Um, it trust me when i pulled in the parking lot at work or show up at a friend's house i go what are you doing in a ford uh it's you know if you told me three years ago i was going to be buying a super duty i would have told you you you're crazy but when you when you compare everything apples to apples and you know really open your mind to to it i think it's a better truck
1: there's a lot of guys out there that say that there's a lot of uh racers and, and companies that i've chatted with where yeah, they might have a Cummins race truck, but it's being towed by a super duty and and they've, they've come a long way, you know, since seven threes, six liters, six fours to what they are today.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the big thing It's and, and don't get me wrong. I'll be the first guy to rag on somebody for a six liter or a six four. <laughs> I mean, it's, but once Ford put their engineering behind it and, you know, yeah. that six sevens an animal. Um, it, I just got a, a race trailer for the truck and it's pretty heavy. and, the truck doesn't care just does its thing it's completely bone stock um and it it doesn't mind the weight it just keeps going
1: now if you were to compare if you were to compare towing with the six speed say the 68 rfe and then with that 10 speed what are the major differences or the biggest the biggest difference as a as a driver that you notice between the two transmissions
0: uh to be honest i i did not have a ton of towing experience with the 68 um a little bit but not a ton it was always short stuff like i never hauled the truck out to indiana or anything it was just like a 30 minute trip maybe um but the biggest thing was like the 68 just never knew where it wanted to be like it would shift too early or shift you know it, it just it was never seemed like it was in the right gear like you, you had to manually shift it if you're going through town or something like that just to keep it where you thought it should be uh this 10 speed you don't even notice it shifting the only time you notice it shifting is when it drops, it, you know, it'll skip shift and drop like three years if you're going down a hill and you hit the brakes and all that. But yeah, uh, that's kind of my experience with it. It's just the 68. It just seems dumb.
1: Now this, uh, this last question comes from Ryan Faff from Fab, And I know he's, uh, he's built uh, some pretty powerful trucks and he wanted me to ask you a question from him and that was ask him why it doesn't have four doors, your ace truck.
0: That's two's faster. (laughs) Yeah. Ryan, uh, Ryan. So I built a fourth gen because how many fourth gen race trucks do you see? They're all third gen or second gen trucks. Yeah. Um, so when I was started really building the truck, Ryan had the fastest fourth gen there was, um, you know, when he was out at UCC, he ran like an eight fifty, I think something like that. Um, so he was he was the mark to the beat there for a while. Um, there's another guy up at uh, up in Canada. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's got like a, a standard cab short bed fourth gen. I think he's ran eight forties or eight thirties in a quarter. But I, as far as I know, quarter mile. I don't think there's a fourth gen truck that's been faster than this one. So that's why it's got two doors rather than four. It's faster.
1: That's that's some good reasoning. I remember seeing his, uh, Ryan's truck, gosh, it was probably about three or four years ago. was at a dyno day. And it was, it was really cool to see. And I remember at that time, you know, seeing a fortune who's like you mentioned, there's not many fortunes Mm -hmm. that are out there going fast. And it was just like, this is different. It's not a second gen, not a third gen and, uh, what he was doing with it. So it's, it's cool to see the level that you're taking it to and, um, you know it's uh it's been really cool chatting with you and i always love to chat with guys that that build their trucks go out there and race it and they do it themselves they just kind of you know they take the bull by the horn so to speak and they make it happen and so the, you know doing this episode is something i've looked forward to for a long time i really do enjoy your youtube channel and for any of our listeners that are out there that want to check it out how can they find you on youtube if they want to follow you on instagram how do they see what you're doing with the truck
0: um youtube and instagram is the same it's turbo tom Just like Turbo, but with an A, Um, Turbo Tom on YouTube and Instagram. And pretty much, like I said, if you want to build this truck, you can. It's all on there. Um, If you have an interest in building something like this, grab the bull by horns and don't be afraid to do it. Uh, 90% of what I've done to this truck was the first time I've ever done it. It's not perfect by any means, but I did it myself. You know, it's, you know, and you ask me a question about the truck, I can tell you. You know, it's not like you went to a shop or something like that, but yeah, check out the YouTube. Like I said, you can watch all those videos. You can build this truck.
1: Well, I appreciate your time today, Tom. Answer those questions from our audience and and telling us about this build. And I look forward to seeing you at some more events this year and Rudy's and and seeing uh, you know what you do next year and pushing this platform even farther.
0: Yeah, thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get it out there as much as possible. I've spent enough time in the garage building it time to race this
1: thing. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to WCFAB.com Check out a ton of cool products that they have for Cummins, Duramax, Powerstroke trucks, even side-by-sides. And if you're a shop owner looking to sell their product, jump on to Turn14.com Get set up if you're not already, and they'll make sure that you get taken care of. Wanted to give a shout-out to a couple of our Patreon supporters. The first is Texas Diesel Supply and also Wrights Diesel Services. And if you're looking to get more more content, more exclusive content, there's episodes we don't release on podcast apps or youtube or anything they're just for our patreon subscribers and we talk about different things like um, second gen trucks ways to get parts tested uh, for carb testing or, or epa testing there's tips that a lot of these a lot of the guests that we have are giving for their build for racing just we wanted to be able to create something special for our supporters out there that keep us going have made us you know into the the largest, most downloaded podcast, diesel podcast that's out there. And we wanted to get back to you guys and be able to give you more of the things that you love about the show until next time, keep the shiny side up.